Welcome back, everybody, to the Something in the Air podcast brought to you by the Press of Atlantic City in conjunction with Stockton University. I'm meteorologist Joe Martucci here. It is November, and eventually, even though it hasn't felt like it recently, winter will be coming. And join with me as somebody who knows a lot about winter and a lot about long-range forecasting, Jim Sullivan, Chief Meteorologist for WeatherWorks, Inc. in Hackettstown, New Jersey. Jim We've spoken before, but we haven't seen each other actually like kind of in person. So it's good to see you. Yeah, you too. I uh, hope, hope, hope it's going well for you. And, yeah, you know, we're doing good here in uh, South Jersey. We uh, were recording this on November 12th, where we went from upper 60s this morning to, I think it's like low 50s right now. I know you've had the same in the northwest corner of the state. You're probably even colder than us. I have barely looked outside. I just know it's not very nice today. Yeah, there's not much to look outside. No. Today. It is not a nice day. Um, so what we're going to talk about here, very special episode, the winter ahead. And Jim, I want to start off with two fill in the blanks for you. So <laughs> here we go. Fill in the blank number one. Last winter was blank in South Jersey. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go with poor um because poor. I'm, a, I'm a person who does like a little bit of snow and last winter was very poor in that regard yeah okay we're gonna talk about those numbers in a little bit uh we'll talk about this one last winter's forecast was blank for the mid-atlantic the forecast was not good um forecast was for you know maybe a up and down but reasonably snowy winter um it was pretty much just up in the temperature department with very little snowfall. So last winter's forecasts um, from a lot of people, including myself, did not pan out great. Oh, Jim, I didn't think you were going to be so hard on yourself. I was, I was <laughs> hoping you'd point out some positives, you know, in the uh, winter forecast. You know, it was cold in November and December. Um, yeah, but there you go. Of, that is a little early for you guys down there, though. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, our first measurable snowfall is November 5th. And on average, I'm going to look at a chart. I, I have one right here. Um, our f- average snowfall... December 18th. So we are still a little bit away. But for everybody listening, um, yeah, it was not uh, good snow. Uh, no, good winter for you, I should say, for the snow lovers, vice versa, of course, for the snow haters. But uh, let's just recap winter 2019 and 20 in South Jersey. So right here in Pleasantville at our press headquarters, I measured a whopping 0.4 all winter long. Um, at Atlantic City International Airport, we had a half inch. That was the second least snowiest on record. Records go back to the 1940s. In Cold Spring, down in Lower Township, 0.9 inches. And that's the third least snowiest. And records there go back uh, to the mid-1900s. According to the New Jersey State Climatologist, who we have here on our podcast every month, Dr. Dave Robinson, it was the least snowiest winter in South Jersey. And on top of that, we had zero snow in March. And that was also a record here. Now, Jim, I will say for our friends up north, you had a little bit of snow in May. This it, it snowed a and little bit in May, May yeah. it definitely felt like it that weekend sorry good yeah. yeah it snowed yeah it snowed uh, i think i believe it was may 8th and may 9th it, it yeah. snowed yeah overnight may 8th and then we got some snow showers the afternoon on may 9th and yeah it dusted the hilltops up here uh on may 8th um and pretty pretty unusual and then it then we snowed uh, actually late in october up here and dusted the hilltops again <laughs> so we had snow late we've had snow early very warm in between though <laughs> It, it put, I'd like to say uh, this year put on a good front, right? It was showing off, oh, look at us. It snowed in October. It snowed in May, but really there wasn't much uh, substance in between. No. So what the heck happened last winter, Jim? Uh, why were we so snowless and even on the milder side for much of the winter? Yeah, so the big culprit is the polar vortex, which is something uh, there. It's it's been in the 
news is kind of a hypey or hype term the last several years, but it's something that's there every winter. It's always been there every winter. Um, last winter, the polar vortex was very strong, compact, and it sat right over like the North Pole almost all winter, especially from January through March, which was when we were really mild and snowless. Um, when the polar vortex is sitting up there, the cold air stays up there. It doesn't come south, and we tend to be mild, especially here in the mid-Atlantic. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about that in the uh, second half of the second when we actually uh, get into the winter forecast. But uh, Jim, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Where you went to college to? How long were you interested in the weather? That's always a question I like to ask when I have other meteorologists here. Yeah, so I am from Cleveland. Um, so I- I'm Land. told there's an, an Ohio accent. Um, I don't know what that is, but I'm sure you guys can discern it. So I'm from Cleveland and went to Ohio University in Athens, Ohio, not the Ohio State, Ohio U. Um, right. The original. Yeah, I, it was around before the Ohio State. Okay. Um, so yeah, the original Ohio University. So that's where I went to college. And yeah, I've been interested in weather about as long as I can remember. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat, Chip. You know, I, I tell people when I do these talks, I said, you know, if you ask 10 meteorologists how long they've been interested in weather for, I would bet, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I would say probably seven out of 10 have been wanting to do it since before middle school. You think that sounds about right? That sounds right. Almost, Yeah, pretty much the majority of them that I ask. It's not something you get to college and just go, you know, I'm going to go for meteorology. That's yeah. not something most people do. Yeah, and, and heck, I mean, even high school, right? I mean, I think, you know, people I talk to, I mean, I didn't know anybody in my high school that was interested in weather. But I know when I was, you know, when I went to Rutgers I, and I talked to people who are actually interested in weather, like me, they were all interested for a long time. Um, so, you know, coming from Ohio to New Jersey, you now work at uh, Weatherworks, which is a consulting firm, and again, in Hackettstown, which is in the northwest west corner of the state right i think it would probably be about a two and a half hour drive from about atlantic city if i have that correct but um tell everybody what weatherworks does because i think when people think of meteorologists they might think of people like myself who work in media um but the majority actually do not and you know your roles are very important as well and specifically what you're doing with weatherworks yeah, so what we do is, yeah, we're, we're kind of like the private sector. So there's a few sectors in meteorology, the, the media, which Joe's in, there's like the government, like the National Weather Service, they issue the watches and warnings that um, you, you get relayed to you on TV. And then there's the private sector, um, you know, we provide weather, very detailed forecasts for a lot of different types of clients, um, professional sports teams, a lot of DPWs and counties, a lot of landscapers and snow removal uh, people. So I guess the difference is, is on TV, you're kind of given like the day-to-day, do you need your umbrella? Um, and of kind of a quick broad picture, we're like hyper-focused on um, like the client operations and how the weather can impact them. So we're helping people make very expensive decisions um, with relation to their business. I think one good way to put it is kind of like a white glove service, right? You know, you're <laughs> there for them at all hours of the day. Yes. I know, Jim, you've uh, worked, have you worked every hour of the day, every day of the week? I have. Um, <laughs> so I've been at Weatherworks every hour on the clock um, at yeah. one point or another. So <laughs> it's, uh, if you're doing any kind of forecasting, it doesn't matter where you are. It's usually uh, off hours and weekends yes. and or holidays, but we love doing it. So that's why we do it. Um, you know, tell us about a couple of clients that you have down here in South Jersey, because there are a few. Yeah, we do have a bunch of clients in South Jersey, obviously being in Jersey. Um, that's where most of our clients are. We, we go up and down the East Coast, but a lot of them are in Jersey. We have a lot of counties down there, like Atlantic County, mm-hmm. Ocean County, Mercer yep. County, Middlesex County, Camden County, a bunch of county DPWs. 
Um, we also have some towns like like Ventnor OEM, Office of Emergency Management, Little Egg. We have like all the Brunswicks, uh, yep. Stone Harbor. Um, so a lot of a lot of towns and counties are our clients down there, along with um, you know a number of landscapers and people who plow snow. Sure, sure, and they all make big decisions, and I'm sure they were eagerly awaiting your winter forecast. Would that be correct, Jim? They were. They are. <laughs> you know, some of them want more snow than last year. The the landscapers, the snowflowers, um, they they want more snow than last year in general. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of the counties and uh, DPWs, they would be okay if it doesn't snow a whole lot. Yeah, it's very interesting. We can do a whole podcast about who likes snow and who does it from a business side. But here's what we're going to do, Jim. We're going to take a brief break. And then when we come back, we're going to dive into it. We're going to take a look at what winter of 2020 and 21 could have in store. This is something in the air podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Something in the Air podcast. I'm meteorologist Joe Martucci. We have another meteorologist with us as well, Jim Sullivan, chief meteorologist at WeatherWorks Consulting Company in Hackettstown, New Jersey, in the northwest corner of the state. We are talking winter weather forecasting here. And, uh, Jim, before we kind of get into the what may or may not happen in South Jersey, let's just talk about what can happen on average here. So, Average snowfall throughout South Jersey is anywhere between 13 to 16 and a half inches. Atlantic City International Airport averages 16 and a half, 16.4, I should say, um, a year. We were very far away from that last winter. Uh, we'll look at the temperatures in December. Atlantic City International Airport, mid 40s for highs on average, upper 20s for lows. In January, it's low 40s for highs, mid 20s for lows. We stay there into February as well. And then from March, we get back into the low 50s for our highs, and we sit just around freezing for our lows. That's on average. Things can be higher, things can be lower. At the marina, we have that coastal influence. That means not as warm during the uh, daytime hours, but also not as cool during the nighttime hours. So we're in the uh, mid-40s for highs at the marina in December, mid-30s for lows. In January, it's low 40s for highs, upper 20s for lows. In February, mid-40s for highs, just around freezing for lows. And in March, around 50 for highs, mid-30s for lows. So, Jim, what can you tell us just really briefly about winter here uh, in South Jersey? Uh, this upcoming winter? Um, yeah. So, it should be colder than last winter, but probably a little bit milder than normal overall still. Uh, you know, but it might, instead of being, you know, five, six degrees warmer than normal like last year, might only be two or three degrees warmer than normal. So, might, might trend a little closer to normal. Snowfall, probably a little bit less than normal. More than last year, but less than normal. Um, the one wild card is, is normal is one gigantic storm. So if there is a big storm in there, that could push you over normal. But if you don't have a big storm, I think you will be more than last year, but below normal. Right, yeah. And that, that's the thing, really, for here. You, you nailed it right in the head. Think back to uh, the January of 2018, everybody, where we had 12 to 18 inches along the shore. We pretty much hit our average right there, and we didn't see a lot of snow outside of that. So just some food for thought here. Um, Jim, you know, when we're putting together, you know, a winter outlook, how much time does it actually take to do this? And how many people are working on this? Yeah, so in terms of time, um, 
it's hard to quantify because we are always reading like the new research because um, sure. people are always putting out research, um, always evaluating the atmosphere, certain things that might influence the winter. We start evaluating that like early on in summer. Um, so a lot of time goes into it in terms of number of people that work on it. Um, at Weatherworks, it's just a, just a handful of us that work on it. Um, other larger companies may have more people, uh, to, you know, if they're more focused on that. Um, so a few, few of us work on it here at Weatherworks. Um, yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of time, everybody. It's not just something that we're kind of, oh, snap your fingers. Hey, it's out. You know, this, this takes research. It's not like you're doing a day-to-day forecasting. Um, Jim, when we get into the winter outlook, let's say we have our winter outlook kitchen right here. What are the ingredients that we're looking for when we're putting together a winter forecast? What kind of weather or climate factors are you looking for? Yeah, so one of the bigger ingredients is oceanic or water temperatures across the planet. Uh, the reason being that can kind of drive the pattern and also it, those change slower than the air temperature. So they can give us a source of predictability. And one of the big areas we focus on is the equatorial Pacific. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure some of you may have heard the term El Nino, La Nina before that describes if that water is warmer or cooler than normal. This winter, um, we have a fairly strong La Nina coming on, the strongest La Nina in 10 years. Um, so that means the waters are cooler than normal across the tropical Pacific. So that is a big starting point. We look at other things such as like the solar cycle, sunspots, um, water temperatures in other areas too, such as the Indian Ocean. And also away from the equator, we, we factor in the oceans across the whole planet and also some, some other things like winds and various levels of the atmosphere, like the stratosphere. Okay. Yeah. So we're looking at the top of the atmosphere. We're looking at the surface. We're looking at the sea surface, seeing what's going on. Um, so let's kind of dive into each one. Let's start off with um, El Nino or the ENSO, which is the El Nino Southern Oscillation, as you pointed out, La Nina. You know, what happens across the country when we have a La Nina pattern? So typically when we have a La Nina pattern, um, it is, so there are two main branches of the jet stream that affect us in the winter. There's the polar jet, um, that, that is farther north, uh, closer to the Canadian border, can dip down sometimes. And then there's the subtropical jet um, that usually runs across the southern United States. Um, the polar jet usually brings the cold. The subtropical jet usually brings the moisture. In La Nina, usually that subtropical jet is quieter and the polar jet is what dominates. So if the polar jet comes south, it can still get cold, but a lot of times it stays a little farther north. Um, and with a quieter subtropical jet, we are less prone to see those big nor'easters coming up the coast. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we won't get any, but probably fewer than normal. Yeah, and that, that's good news for the coastal flooding situation, right? Yeah, that, that would certainly help limit coastal flooding. Again, it only takes one to, to make quite a mess. Um, yeah. So don't want to say there won't be any, but hopefully we're not looking at a, at a parade of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not like uh, March of 2018, not to go back there. Again, we had four <laughs> nor'easters here. I think it was something like 11 or 12 out of the days we had coastal flooding here in South Jersey, and it was just kind of a mess. But um, so some good news on that front. Um, let's go through more ingredients here, and let's talk yeah. about what we can expect with that. All right. So, yeah, we factor in like how strong the La Nina is and where it's focused. Um, mm-hmm. So if the cooler waters are focused closer to South America, um, that as opposed to, say, the International Dateline, which is in the middle of the Pacific, you know, if that can make a difference. Um, this La Nina um, has started off centered closer to South America. Um, it's a little more widespread or basin wide now. 
Um, the good news is, is if you want a source of hope, if you're a snow lover and you want some hope, it is those central Pacific-based La Ninas that tend to be a little uglier. They tend to be warmer and less snowy. So this might be the flavor of La Nina that opens the door for at least some occasional snow and or, yeah, right. occasional cold and snow. <laughs> so all hope is not lost. From not snow yet, lovers. no. Not yet, not yet. We, we shall see. You know, uh, Jim, tell us about... Let's talk more about the polar vortex and how it does and doesn't relate to La Nina or La Nina or El Nino. I was trying to make my own word there. La Nina or El Nino. Yeah, so the polar vortex, it's something that's there every winter. Um, if it's strong or weak, it can make a big difference on our pattern. Typically, in a La Nina, the polar vortex is stronger for most of the winter. Um, occasionally, it can weaken partway through winter and result in a pattern change, but usually it gets stronger in a La Nina. Yeah, um, and what, yeah go ahead. Go, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You can finish. As I was gonna say, yeah, a stronger polar vortex tends to keep the colder air bottled up uh, farther north, maybe closer to the Canadian border, maybe closer to like the northern and western United States, um, and that can allow us to get quite warm here in the mid-Atlantic, and that's what happened quite often last winter. Right. And it should be, you know, just said again, you know, strong doesn't mean necessarily good for us. If you like your cold and snow, you want the weaker uh, polar vortex so it can kind of wobble and dip down. I think, exactly. you know, a, a good way to think of it is like a top, right? So if the top's spinning really tight, it's, you know, circling very fastly and it's not really wobbling. Meanwhile, when it starts to lose that speed a little bit, it starts to wobble. And that's kind of is how we can get some of our coldest outbreaks here in the area. Um Let's talk about some other things. Um, I, I know in your winter outlook that you did uh, a seminar for WeatherWorks, you talked a little bit about the solar cycle, and you talked also a little bit about something called the QBO. Mm -hmm. We won't get too in-depth, but uh, just explain those both a little bit. Yeah, so very quickly, the QBO, um, that's basically stratospheric wind. Um, if they are stronger than normal out of the West, it can promote a stronger polar vortex, um, vice versa if they're weaker than normal. This winter, they will be stronger than normal out of the West, um, similar to last winter. Um, again, there are some westerly QBO winters that occasionally get cold, uh, but it kind of points the needle in the milder direction. Yeah. Um, the solar cycle, um, there's a sunspot cycle. It always ebbs and flows every 11 years. Um, you get a peak where sunspots are more active and then you get a minimum where there are very few sunspots. We are coming off a very prolonged solar minimum where there have been few sunspots. Um, if you are in or just beyond a solar minimum, it can occasionally allow the polar vortex to weaken. Um, I don't look what at is it. that? Um, it, it basically has to do with cosmic particles that rain down on the stratosphere and make it warmer or colder. Um, so a very, yeah, the temperatures in the stratosphere, the level above our head, um, mm -hmm. are, are act a lot differently than here at the surface. Um, yeah. And yeah, there's ozone in the stratosphere. So those, those uh, cosmic rays don't make it down to where we are, but they're very important in the level above our head where that polar vortex lives. Right, right. Yeah, and the polar vortex uh, is, like you said, is well above. And we were talking about the stratosphere. We're talking about 30,000, 40,000 feet and above everybody. So it's right. not even just like, you know, hey, look, I'm gonna look, let me look at the top of uh, Ocean Casino. Yeah, that's the stratosphere. <laughs> no, no, we're talking about like way up higher than even where planes fly. Um, but, you know, the, the solar cycle and how it influences snow is overall a weak uh, signal, right? It's not like it's a, a it, it is. It is if all else is equal, a, a weaker portion or a minimum in the solar cycle can allow it to be colder and snowier. But right. if, if other factors point in another direction, I don't think it's going to completely overwhelm them. Right, right. Gotcha. Uh, what other factors are we looking at um, this winter? 
Um, so things like the Indian Ocean water temperatures, uh, they are quite warm, um, which might focus thunderstorms in the tropics, which are a major source of uh, pattern. They drive, they, help, they drive a lot of the pattern in the winter. And if they're in the Indian Ocean, they were there a lot last winter. Um, okay. They can point to it generally being warmer. Um, if those thunderstorms work into the Pacific more often, um, it can allow it to be colder. So the waters in the Indian Ocean are quite warm. We have the La Nina, the cool water in the Pacific. So I think we will see those thunderstorms in the Indian Ocean often, which will introduce the potential for warm-ups. Um, mm-hmm. and, and how exactly, how often they can work into the Pacific uh, will, will tell us how often we do see some cool-downs in there. Sure, sure. Something uh, Judah Cohen, who's a, a great sub-seasonal forecaster, yes. a seasonal forecaster, he works at a company called AER in Massachusetts. If you check out the Winter Outlook story, we'll see him in there. And he, he's a really good guy. But uh, he pioneered, we'll say, um, some research that maybe could correlate snow in Siberia during the yes. month of October into what happens here. What's your take on that? And our snow cover was average in Siberia. So is there anything we can take away from that specifically? Yeah, so I kind of look at that. It's it can give us a hint of if the polar vortex is going to be strong or weak. Um, and yeah, the research says if there is more snow cover in October in Siberia, the polar vortex might be weaker during winter. Um, so this year it was pretty middle of the road. So I don't think it moves the needle. Um, so you know, I'm looking. The La Nina is going to be a strong driver this winter. Um, other factors might have a say, but there isn't much that will completely overwhelm it from what I'm seeing. Got it. Got it. And finally, one thing I want to touch on, you talked about water temperatures. Let's talk about the water temperatures right off our shores here in New Jersey. Um, What are you seeing with that in terms of what it can mean for the winter ahead? Yeah, they were very warm over the summer. They've cooled off a little bit recently because it was, you know, we actually had some respectably chilly shots of air um, October during October. So that cooled down the water a little bit. Um, if those waters stay warm into the winter, it might make it a little harder for the coast to snow until you really get into like later December or January. Um, so we'll have to see, um, you know, one or two big cool shots in, in the late fall can cool those off significantly and, and help that situation. How do you feel about the water, if water temperatures are above average off our shores? Um, could that create bigger storms? Yeah, it can certainly add some moisture, add some fuel for those storms. Yeah. So it, it, isn't, it isn't a one-to-one relationship. Warmer water means less snow. It, it, it can snow more if it is cold enough to, if those waters are warm. Uh, but if it's like kind of all else being equal, that might turn a 32-degree a snowstorm into a 34, 35-degree rainstorm, especially yeah. early on in the winter. It's kind of one of those, if you're a snow lover, be careful what you wish for, because mm-hmm. those, like you said, those large temperature gradients, you know, with that warmer water. So if you get cold air coming across the land, it meets up with that even warmer water. Yeah, it can create a bigger storm, but it can also create a warmer storm for us as well. So right. I guess you could say uh, beware for parts of the area. Um, all right, so let's talk about this kind of month by month. Um, and we'll start off with uh, the Thanksgiving time period and we can work into December here. Yeah. Um, you know, wh- what can you tell us about that first early parts, first couple of weeks of winter? Yeah, so overall, we're, we're going to remain fairly mild through the rest of November. There will be a little cool down next week. Um, there could be a brief cool down around Thanksgiving that's pretty potent, but I think we'll see more mild days than cold days through the rest of November. Um, December, there is still potential for it to turn pretty cold and potentially snowy. Um, it's possible that December into January is the best time to see a legitimate period of winter. 
Um, so I, I am eyeing maybe early to mid-December a colder pattern to take hold for maybe a few weeks, and that could linger through the holidays, maybe into early January. Um, the winter of 2017-2018 um, is what we call an analog year, a year with some similar large-scale patterns to this year that may act kind of similar to this winter. Um, and in that winter, it was cold in December into early January. You guys got your biggest snowstorm in early January, and then it yep. turned very mild later January into February. We may see something like that this year where at some point December, January, that's your best window for maybe a few weeks of colder weather and then a, a decent thaw in the middle of winter. You know, just going back to that snowstorm. Yeah. It was my first winter here at the press and, you know, I'm thinking, all right, you know, I, I've, I'm from New Jersey, but not from South Jersey. So I moved South and I'm like, eh, it doesn't snow as much. I don't know. You know, when are we going to see the big one? Bam. There was like three months in, we got this huge storm that was for the shore and not really much anywhere else. Uh, Millville or upper Deerfield, I should say in Cumberland County had not even four inches. Meanwhile, we were a foot plus along the shore. So, uh, Oh, that was, that was, those were some great times, June. That, that was a great storm. But, um, you know, maybe we'll see something like that. But, you know, it is a forecast, everybody. And that, that's the important part. Um, we're using the information that we know now, specifically what Jim knows now, to kind of project down on what's going to happen over the next couple of months. Um, Jim, you know, being from Ohio and coming here to New Jersey, right, it's got to be a little bit different. We were talking off camera. You know, you're used to that lake effect snow and uh in cleveland and you know all throughout the winter and even oh, yeah. in the fall here you know are you uh missing those cleveland winters are, are you liking what you got here in jersey so far i mean you're in the northwest corner so you do get more snow than us so you at least have that we do get a little more snow than you, but yeah, this is going to be my third winter here. Uh, my first winter was 2018, 2019. That started with a bang. We had like 10 inches of snow here in the middle of November, um, snarled rush hour across uh, all of central and northern Jersey, New York City. So started with a bang. That winter was okay. Not great, but okay. And then yeah, last winter, um, I saw about 10 inches, which is the least amount of snow I've personally seen over the course of a winter season. So <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, I like snow when I was younger, I think I would have handled that snowless winter worse, but you know, snow beans work for us meteorologists. So I like snow, but I didn't complain too much about not being overwhelmed with work all winter. Right. Right. And, uh, especially if you're a uh, Monday through Friday work, you kind of like those snows, maybe what days, Jim, like Tuesday to Friday. Yeah. yeah Tuesday to maybe Thursday, oh, and, Thursday. And, you know, okay. and then unwind on Friday and head right. out for the weekend. It rarely works that well, but there you go. I, one can only hope. Um, Jim, we're about to wrap up here, but thanks so much for uh, taking the time out to chat with us about winter. I got to ask, have you been down to South Jersey yet? Um, once, uh, for a coworker's wedding, uh, about a, a little over a year ago, that was, he was on the shore, uh, a little South of Tom's river. I don't that's kind of South Jersey, but Ooh, that is yeah, the I, only time. What was it? Long Beach Island? It was, it, I believe it was. Yes. All right. If it's Long Beach Island, then, then we'll take it. That one's a, a definite <laughs> there for South Jersey. That's what we cover. Um, any places you're looking forward to seeing in South Jersey, anything that piques your uh, curiosity down here? I really do need to just get to the shore and do that experience because that, that's a big thing that's like nationally kind of known. Um, I haven't sure. done that yet. Um, what about the Cleveland Lake Shore? What, what's the scene over there with that? Compare, it, compare Jersey Shore, compare Long Beach Island to the Cleveland Lake Shore. I think the Cleveland Lakeshore is a little, little quieter. Um, okay. Not that there's yeah. nothing there, but it's not a, you know, there, there weren't TV shows. There wasn't, you know, Cleveland Shore wasn't a, a, a show. So Right. That, that is correct. That is correct. I got you. 
All right, Jim. Well, hey, thanks so much for taking the time out here. Um, we appreciate it. Um, we're going to have you know an article with this as well. Some of you may see it even here, depending on where you're clicking and watching this. Um, this is the Something in the Air podcast brought to you by the Press of Atlantic City. New episodes first and third Wednesdays of the month. Uh, hopefully, we can have Jim back on sometime in the future to talk again. It was a pleasure being with him. We will be back with you the first Wednesday of December. We're going to talk all about the month of November, and you better believe we're going to be talking about all this record high temperatures we had the first half of November. We got a lot to talk about that. So without further ado, everybody, take care, stay well, and we'll talk to you soon.